0: are entering the Freedom Hut.
1: Climate change insanity makes its way to the United Nations today here in New York City. Oh my gosh, the world's going to end, says a teenager. We'll talk about that. And also Trump. Ukraine, Biden, the whistleblower. Oh, my. We've got that and so much more coming up on The Buck Sexton Show.
0: This, this is The Buck Sexton, Sexton, Sexton Show. Where the mission, where mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One,
2: more make no mistake. America, your your Great. You're a great America again.
0: The Buck Sexton Show begins.
2: Activate.
0: Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. He's a great guy. guy. It
1: is Buck Sexton. Now. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, team. Thank you so much for being here. A little bit of warning, uh, fair warning. I got a little bit of a cold, so if my voice cracks and I sound a little bit off, blame it on the virus that I caught over the weekend from all, my, all the wild partying I did, which was, like, not really at all. But we got a lot to get into today here. Uh, we've got, obviously, the whistleblower stuff getting really a lot of attention now. I think because they're worried worried about the Biden, worried about what it means if people start looking into this, if they just start applying logic and reason to this, I think there are some very real concerns that do come up um, from the Biden camp. But I did want to start because it turns out uh, I, I, made, I made quite a bit of, of news last week by saying the shockingly obvious thing That a 16 year old lecturing the world on what to do with our economies to make decisions that would affect trillions, literally trillions of dollars of wealth and to make hysterical statements about uh, how the world is going to end and to convince young people and apparently adults all around the world that we're really we're really all going to die unless we listen to the climate change alarmists. To point out how absurd this is is now, it seems, uh, child bashing. This is what they like to say. Newsweek did a piece uh, on me about this. The Daily Beast did a piece on me about this. These left-wing trash sites, but what is, which are considered, you know, news organizations that that have pretty substantial followings—not huge, but you know, people read those things. Uh, Newsweek, wasn't Newsweek sold years ago for a dollar to somebody, right? Because it was so laden with debt, and just a big floating dumpster fire of journalistic malpractice. But yeah, so they're writing hit pieces on the Buckster. So I feel like, okay, bring it, libs. Let's dig into this a little bit more. Let's see who's right. I say it's absurd. I say that we shouldn't, you know, I, I have some very basic, very straightforward uh, positions that I hold here. If it's forbidden to criticize young uh, Greta Thunberg for uh, because of her age, then it is also our duty uh, to ignore her opinions. And the adults that are exploiting this high schooler for climate change propaganda purposes are a disgrace and a joke. I would argue this proposition against anyone. There's no one on planet Earth that I would be frightened or or have a moment's pause to debate this issue with, because I would win. Because I'm right. And everyone knows I'm right, but it still upsets people. Why does the truth on this matter upset people? Well, there are some people that are clearly deranged that have uh, taken this climate change alarmism to heart in a way that is, is shocking. I mean, you had as the media cheered them on. On the one hand, you had this U.N. climate summit here in New York. All the countries come together and just it's just a big bureaucratic. You know. Coffee and tea chat session about how they're going to get the first world to start sending money to the developing world to, to fight climate change. Right. Um, but today's a reminder, as that was going on in New York City, lunatics cheered on by the media were blocking traffic in Washington, D.C. during rush hour. And I'm here to tell you that not only are we going to discuss Ms. Greta Thunberg and the people that are propping her up and using her as a puppet to frighten people and make very stupid decisions based upon that fear. I'm here to tell you that as people were trying to get to their jobs in D.C. because of the hashtag climate crisis protesters, Oh, there's, you can see there's video of them online. They're dancing around, they're throwing glitter, they're blocking traffic. They're, it's, it's all, it's just, this is all fun and games to them. This is all about getting attention. It's all about uh, making sure that people have to listen to them. But climate change hysteria has real costs. This is not benign virtue signaling for smug leftists, okay? Climate change hysteria is a cult that is obsessed with controlling your life and that drains resources from real problems. Think of how much airtime alone and what those network dollars would be spent on climate change on these different networks in the last couple of months versus what maybe could be achieved by spending time thinking about health care. In ways, that, I mean, there are aspects of our health care system that cry out for reform. Why is it that when you go to the hospital and you ask somebody what does this cost, they can't tell you? Now, forget about insurance. Forget about Medicaid. Forget about Medicare. If I want to just buy this, or if I just want to pay for this service, what does it cost? They don't know. They they tend to not be able to tell you, and if they do tell you, you're always shocked at how outrageously expensive. I mean. That's just one example of we could have a real conversation as a country about things that affect all of us. But instead, there is a focus on this other thing. Instead, and if you want something that's urgent, instead of the focus on. The opioid crisis in this country. Heck, even the the jewel, you know, overdose or not overdosing, the jewel mysterious lung illness thing. I think that's way overhyped and people are losing their minds over. But at least people are being hurt by it. And that's a or. They, they might be hurt by it. It's a real thing. I mean, I think we'd find out that it's not nearly what people think it is. But climate change is not a real thing. It's all, the only point I'm trying to make is that the the six deaths that are attributed to people smoking, uh, vaping rather, uh, these different products, at least there are six people if you want to have a conversation about what caused their deaths. I mean, I think that having a conversation about what killed the nine people, I think it was, who are visiting the Dominican Republic, that's a more serious conversation than this crap about climate change that they're wheeling out, which is nonsense. The world's not going to end in 10 years. These people who are pushing this were pushing the same thing 10 years ago and 10 years before that. But right now, there's a bit more of a frenzy around it because of Trump. So they're all emotionally frazzled. They've been broken by Trump and and so they don't know how to really handle or process this. that's, That's a part of it. And... Then you also need to add on to this that social media allows for a performance theater aspect here. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to I'm going to be the one that speaks about climate change in the most ominous tones. Which brings me then to Ms. Greta Thunberg, who is 16 years old, who is who has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And I would argue That this is good news for Obama, because if she gets the Nobel Peace Prize, at least Obama will no longer be the person in all of history least deserving of the Nobel Peace Prize. He would be beaten out of that top slot by Greta Thunberg. But this young woman who's giving speeches that are are put at the top of the CNN news ticker are put, you know, all across the, the the media ecosystem of the left she's just being blasted she's being given a global platform this 16 year old says things like this
3: why should we study for a future that is being taken away from us (laughs) that is being stolen for profit Some people say we should study to become climate scientists or politicians so that we can, in the future, solve the climate crisis. But by then, it will be too late. We need to do this now.
1: Can this this teenager see the future? Does she know what not only the global temperature will be in 10 or 20 or 50 years, but what technologies will be adopted, what new advances will come about? Of course, the answer is no. She has no idea. No one knows, by the way. So this is not a specific, this is not a put down of her, but this is a reality check. No idea. Just doesn't know. But speaks as though she does. And is treated like some prophet by the climate change alarmists. That she's a a girl who has been imbued with the spirit of climate change truth. And this is appalling what's going on here i mean i would ask you this and i'm not trying to open up a a uh well here i'll I'll switch from it being a vaccine a vaccine example to antibiotics i'm just curious if a 16 year old was going around telling everybody with a global platform on you so it'll be seen in the third world it'll be seen you know by people that don't have access to The same kind of information or the same ability to necessarily fact check things and learn about these issues. If she was given a global platform going around saying that antibiotics do not work, don't give your children any antibiotics when they're sick. It undermines their immune system. And if they take any antibiotics, they'll never be healthy. Uh, They'll be fine if you don't let them take them. Would the liberal media consensus be that criticizing that message is hateful and amounts to child bashing or would they say this is reckless? This is wrong because people will some people will listen to that and say, oh, my child has, you know, pneumonia. I'm not going you know, bacterial pneumonia and I, I'm not going to give them antibiotics or my child has a staph infection. I'm not going to give him or her antibiotics. when the doctor says you have to do this. She's got a fever. It's one hundred and three. You got to take antibiotics. No, no, no. I saw this young girl who says the antibiotics are really bad for you. So sorry. The message that this young girl is spreading is toxic and she's wrong and she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's she's wildly ignorant of these facts, doesn't know anything, wouldn't be able to last five seconds in a debate with anybody who is not even a scientist, has just read the climate change literature, including the predictions of the past and also understands economics and understands what's happening with the global economy. Knows, for example, that the U.S. is 15 percent of emissions, but the rest of the world is 85 percent. Knows that two-thirds of the worst pollutants being spewed up into the air are coming from China and India. Knows that if we're going to talk about CO2 emissions, we would have to get these other countries that have no, no interest whatsoever in making themselves much poorer and having much slower growth because of climate change. You know, she, she wouldn't be able to have this discussion. And she shouldn't have to because she's only 16. Why am I being told I to have to listen to this person? Why is it that when I flip on the TV and multi-billion dollar news organizations are treating her like she knows what's going on and we have to listen to her? And if I have a problem with that, I get news articles written about me by left wing websites saying that I'm, you know, like I'm so dumb. I mean, the one thing I love is I I have met one in a hundred liberal journalists I've met are as knowledgeable about pretty much anything as me. I'm just going to be honest with you, one in a hundred would, would be able to sit down with me and, and actually get into a knowledge-for-knowledge a, a knowledge discussion and be able to hold their own. It's about They exist, but it's one in a hundred. So whenever I had the libs do the whole, oh, this person's an idiot, doesn't know anything, I'm like, right, I'm smarter than basically all of you. It's just true. There are really smart conservative journalists that I am. I'm like, wow, that person, male, female, it uh, doesn't matter. You know, you just drill down into specific subject matter and you say to yourself, hold on a second. Wow, that person's incredible. They Don't have that with Lib A lot of fakes. A lot of people that are all style, no substance. So that part of it doesn't really bother me. What does bother me, though, is that they're just being huge frauds here. They know I'm right. They know I'm right. They know this is absurd. They know this is, this should be this should be, not her, but the situation should be roundly mocked. It deserves mockery. It deserves ridicule. But they pretend like we're in a normal circumstance here, that this girl lecturing adults. I mean, do you remember what it was like when you were 16? You're just hoping to get your homework done on time. You're going to go around the world and say what the, what the future is? What we should do with our economy? This is, it's so absurd that it's, it's really, it should be beneath Anybody to have to point this out. And yet they've flipped this around where if you do point it out, you're a bad person. We'll get into more of the climate change stuff because it was in DC today. I mean, they're really showing us the full spectrum of their crazy right now on the left. They're really getting after it. We'll talk about that. And then we got all this whistleblower stuff. I have some thoughts on this one too, obviously. Um, libs are just losing their minds on this which is not surprising. We'll be right back.
3: My message is that we'll be watching you. (laughs) This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet... We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you?
1: Speeches at the UN, folks. That was part of her speech. Does Does that sound reasonable, normal to you at all? Species die off. This is is a 16-year-old girl telling us we're all going to die. Now, of course, some of you who are going to be a little wise about this will say, Buck, we are all going to die. You know what I mean, that the human race will be extinct. There will be no more humans. It will be the end of the world, effectively end of days, biblical stuff minus the Bible. Unless we listen to the 16-year-old Swedish girl and all the different propagandists behind her in the climate change lobby. I mean, ask every Democrat. If you ask every Democrat, one after the other, is what this girl's uh, saying, is it true? They would say yes. They would say yes. So it's not just her. She's just being used. They use They use people like this on the left, whether it's David Hogg after the shooting in Florida, or they use young people who have some special level of protection, whether it's because they've been victimized or in the case of, um, of Greta Thunberg, I, I believe, I've read that she has uh, Asperger's. So they they use people like this because if you then, crit- they're public figures, but they pretend they're not public figures. And if you criticize them or if you say the wrong thing in particular, if you go a little far in your criticism, if you get a little snarky, a little, a little bit too, oh, then they just destroy you. And then other people are afraid to say anything about the substance Of the insanity that is being peddled here, because they don't want to get boycotted. They don't want their career to crash and burn. They don't want to be told they're a terrible person. Think about what she was saying. She's telling us about fairy tales of continued economic growth. I'm here to tell you, no, the world is going to get healthier, wealthier, better. It is all the time. That is our reality. I know people do. Some people who are otherwise not even into climate change don't want to hear this, but it's true. She's complaining about how adults have destroyed the world for her. The truth is that this is the best the world has ever been. And that people who are going to these climate marches and doing this stuff like in D.C. We'll get to this in a moment. They're actually ungrateful for what has been given to them.
0: Holding the line for America, Buck Sexton is back.
1: So, how crazy are the climate change loons? Really, I mean, is it just? I know I've been talking about this this, this young girl who I think is being exploited and what they're doing to her really is a form of, of child abuse. But um, how how insane are the climate change activists? You know, what are they willing to say? That any normal person should be able to look at and go, that's just, that's just not, come on, man. Like, this isn't, you're not serious, are you? Oh, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, Here is, you know, you had this, uh, was it shutdown or climate crisis DC or shutdown DC or some hashtag, I don't know, in DC was uh, making the rounds today because they blocked traffic. Oh, that's right. People that are trying to go to their jobs to do things that other people need them to do, well, unless they work for the federal government, in which case maybe it's not needed. But, you know, other jobs people are needed. Let's be serious. And they're trying to support their families. And they're being told that they have to wait an hour, two hours in traffic. How, how furious would you be? What if somebody had an important, uh, an important interview for a job they've been trying to get for months? What if somebody who's been unemployed for a while was on their way? I mean, this is what happens when you block thousands and thousands and thousands of people from being able to keep their schedule, just out of self-importance and really malice, which is what was going on here. The climate change alarmists really do have a contempt for working class and poor people. Working class people, because they don't care if you can't get to your job. They don't care if your industry, remember Hillary with the Coal, uh, the, the coal. What, what's uh, coal miners in West Virginia? Yeah, sorry, your business is gone. Tough for you. But, uh, you know, we're going to save the planet. So too bad. They don't really care much. And that meant that really stuck with her. That was bad back in 2016. People remembered that. And for the developing world, telling them that they can't use natural gas, they can't use oil, they have to bring all their emissions down the way we do. Well, they're going to expect to get bribed for that. That's the only way that they get around that. Uh, but they, they do have a contempt for, I mean, the left, the climate change alarmists have a contempt for working class people when it comes to this issue. Everything else becomes a, a secondary consideration. Because if you think that the world is going to end unless you get your way on climate, there is nothing you are unwilling to do. Right? There's nothing that matters more than that. Here is a, one of these climate protesters. I'm not sure if this was New York or D.C. And this, when, when I say that they're crazy, they're emotionally disturbed, I'm not saying that to, really, I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm trying to, I'm trying to establish what the problem is. I do think that this is an emotional disorder. I think that climate change alarmism is a psychological issue. Find me another political issue where people say things that are as crazy as these climate change loons. Here's a protester who is telling a crowd, well, here, I'll let him say it.
2: I couldn't, I couldn't conscious, my conscience couldn't handle the idea of bringing someone into a dying world. But I have hope. I still think I can be a father one day, but only if we act. Are we going to act? Yes! Are we going to act? Yes!
1: Don't want to bring... Children in the world because the world is dying because of climate change. Hmm. Does that sound reasonable to any of you? Does that sound normal to any of you? I certainly hope not. Last week, I'm not sure if I even brought it up on the show. There was a story about people who were. Uh, I'm trying. Let me pull up the details for you, real quick. Confessing, if you if you Google, well, this is the fun of doing a live show. Yeah, a a progressive seminary had students confess to plants. That's right. A progressive. Wow, that's a. This is supposed to be Christian. Yep. Uh, they they had them confessing to plants. This is according to the Washington Post. Quote: Confessing these sins is the first step in mending those relationships and restoring a covenant with God and other people. But plants. It's easy to think of environmental harm in, term of a list, in terms of a list of losses. So many extinct spe- uh, species, so many disappearing glaciers. I refuse to write a eulogy for one alone because the very notion of separability is the root of the crisis we have created. Uh, the life of one is inseparable from the life of another. According to Potawat- pa- Potawatomi? Potawatomi, ecologist, is that a school? I don't know what Potawatomi is. Robin Wall Kimmerer. So, yeah, the, the people were conf the, the point is people are confessing to plants. That's what I'm trying to They're confessing their sins to plants. This happened last week. Of course, it was conservatives pounced. Yeah, because you're crazy. Stop being crazy. We won't pounce. Here's another one. You had climate activists staging a funeral for a glacier. In the Swiss Alps. This was just the last few days.
0: A line of several dozen hikers climb a rocky, picturesque mountainside in the Swiss Alps. And in addition to climbing gear, many are dressed in costume-formal black in the bright Sunday sunshine. Some of the men wear black hats. Some of the women black lace veils in the thin alpine air. Because this is a funeral of sorts. These are climate activists, and they're mourning what they say is the death of a glacier due to global warming.
1: The death of a glacier, folks. Need I remind you, a glacier is a very large piece of ice. I'm not sure it can die. In fact, I'm quite sure it can't die. Hashtag science. Frozen water is not alive. I do remember enough about hashtag science to know that. There's just I, I know, how, how many of these stories do we have to pull together before we, there's a problem here. And the media, the elite media is completely not just complicit. I mean, they're, they're responsible for this insanity. I'll never forget once I, I raised I just said something kind of gently critical of climate change stuff in passing at CNN. And oh, my gosh. All the CNN watchers were freaking out at me because they all believe in this stuff. I mean, their aspiration is to have the biggest home you know, in Nantucket possible and fly their private jet to it, but they're totally, totally worried about how the world's going to end unless we all cut back on our CO2 emissions. CO2 is not even a pollutant, my friends. CO2 is not even 1%. It's not even 1% of the atmosphere. We're talking about less than 1% of the atmosphere. We're talking about percentage changes over time and 1.5-degree warming. This is just all nuts just all nuts it's like i'm sitting around and i'm in some movie where everyone has been infected with some kind of crazy virus well not you obviously but all these climate loons what are they talking about they think that they think that i'm the problem they want to make us all poorer they want to control whether you can use straws, how long your showers are, what kind of light bulbs you can use. This is all real. They're doing this. I'm not making any of this up. You know that. And they think that we're the problem because they've created this this fantasy of oh my gosh, the world's going to end because of it. No, it's not. It's not going to end. This is this is this is not reality. But they really want to believe it. Well, because it gives them an excuse for for global socialism and total control. So there is that. Um, And uh, the good news, though, is that Greta Thunberg thinks that you are not evil.
3: Because if you really understood the situation and still kept on failing to act, then you would be evil. And that I refuse to believe. The popular idea of cutting our emissions in half in 10 years only gives us a 50% chance of staying below 1.5 degrees and the risk of setting off irreversible chain reactions beyond human control. How dare you pretend that this can be sold with just business as usual
1: and some technical solutions? Oh, no, not technical solutions. Let's just everyone freak out about this. Even if we achieve 50% reduction in emissions in the next 10 years, which, hey, guess what? Not... Going to happen all right, man, I wish that there were just there would be they they should really just create a climate change stock exchange where we can place bets it would just be like a vague. it doesn't have to be based on companies just a place where we can place bets because I would bankrupt all of the climate change alarmist lunatics i would i would I would spend all my money just on the areas where they say X is going to happen and I know Y is going to happen because they're wrong. They've been wrong every time in the past. They're, they're wrong again. But I guarantee you when it comes to where, what they do with their own money. Now people say, oh, Buck, but green energy can be, you know, grow. Yeah, well, if they get government subsidies for different companies it can paper over how ineffective it is. But they really plan on just continuing this charade for as long as they can. And, and if you don't buy into this, it's really a cultural pose. If you don't buy into this nonsense, you're a bad person. Young Greta said it herself. You must be evil if you think that this is happening. You won't do anything about it. Notice how she said 50% reduction in 10 years and then only a 50-50 chance that the, the end of the world doesn't effectively happen or all the terrible things don't start happening. She doesn't even know what they are. No one does. But all the bad things. We're 15% of global emissions. That's it that there's there's not going to be any change in India or China's CO2 emissions in the next 10 years that would get us anywhere near what the climate change, change alarmists say. So what are we what are we even talking about? We got to go to war with India and China to take over all their coal plants and shut them down? You know, this is the, the the stupidity here, the lunacy, the lack of connection to reality does become dangerous at some point. There are consequences for these bad decisions. There are consequences for the crazy things that they are saying and uh, it by the way it's not it's not just the you know it's not just the activists i mean i've been mentioning this but you have like mayor pete who's supposed to be i think many believe probably the, the most knowledgeable and most clever of all the Democratic candidates. Or I, I don't know if everyone believes that, but I think people would argue that based on his academic pedigree, he should be intellectually the most impressive of the Democrat candidates. Rhodes Scholar, you know, Harvard and Yale and whatever else he did. Uh, people get very, very impressed. by. Them. Remember, Hunter Biden also went to Yale Law School. Just everyone keep that in mind, OK? If you're a Democrat with a famous mom or dad, you get to go to any school you want. So that the the children of Democrat politicians, I don't care where they went to school because they did not have to do anything to get there and they did not have to do anything after to get a job. Start with that. But here's what uh, here's what Mayor Pete, for example, says about what's going on at the United Nations.
0: Having seen what happened to us at the G7, where the American president was basically patted on the head and told to go enjoy himself while the grown ups sat down to talk about climate change. I am very nervous about how the US is going to look at the UN General Assembly that's about to convene right here in the United States. Will it be one more time where the seat for US leadership is empty? Or are we going to demonstrate that we're a country that keeps its word and is prepared to lead? At the end of the day, you can either resent the rest of the world or you can lead the rest of the world, but you can't do both. And I think the US needs to be leading more than ever. It's just we gotta do it in (laughs) accordance with our values and our interests.
1: Notice how he said the adults. I mean, I just think it's interesting. The adults, Trump left the U.N. on the climate change, but the adults were behind talking about it. Yeah, and the 16-year-old girl. That is being, the, she is the most visible, most coverage from the media, most attention paid to of anybody on this climate issue. Am I supposed to pretend like that isn't signaling something? Come on. I don't think so. Um... Oh, but they want they want to get you to stop eating hamburgers. I left that out. That's a real thing. We do have to get to the whistleblower. Um, I think the bidens are if we if we can get through this media firestorm, I think the Bidens could be in some real trouble. I, I do believe that because even if it's not illegal, what was going on? What we already know was going on with Hunter Biden in Ukraine, and it was actually my colleague at the hill, John Solomon, who really initially broke this story. So I was very close to. The locus of action here when all this was going down um what we already know is very bad what we already know about hunter biden is should should be an enormous uh black eye for joe biden's campaign
2: we'll, we'll get into this stay with me I think I'm going to get a Nobel Prize for a lot of things if they gave it out fairly, which they don't. They gave it out. Well, they gave one to Obama immediately (laughs) upon his ascent to the presidency, and he had no idea why he got it. And you know what? That was the only thing I agreed with him on.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, that's the president letting me know that he he understands. The Nobel Peace Prize has turned into, it's been a joke for quite a long time, but, you know, they want to give a, a Nobel Peace Prize to uh, young Greta Thunberg. Anyway, well, enough of the, oh, wait, no, wait, 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 one thing. One more thing. Meatless Mondays, folks. Meatless Mondays. They, they really want to do this. They want to make us all have Meatless Monday, the Democrats. Um, this is an opinion piece in Bloomberg To help end climate change. But they write this after the Democrat presidential candidates grilled over 10,000 burgers and steaks at an event over the weekend. So which is it? Do we need to get rid of all this stuff to save the planet? Or do we get to eat delicious food that we want to eat because YOLO, which for those who are of older generations, means you only live once. Correct, producer Brandon? Thank you. I'm hip. I've realized that if you ever have to say you're hip, chances are not really true, but I'm getting past that. All righty, impeachment. That's the order of the day according to a uh, slimy Adam Schiff in Congress. Well, I have been very reluctant to go down the path of impeachment uh, for the reason that I think the founders contemplate in a country that has elections every four years, that this would be an extraordinary remedy, remedy of last resort, not first resort. But if the president is essentially withholding military aid at the same time that he is trying to uh, browbeat a foreign leader into doing something illicit that is providing dirt on his opponent during a presidential campaign, uh, then that may be the only remedy that coequal co-equal to the, the evil uh, that that conduct represents. That's a lot of fancy words from Schiff there to say oh, okay, so we can't get enough interest to impeach him on Russia collusion, but now we just happen to find something. <laughs> These people are so nuts. Oh, they're such a bunch of losers and liars. It's amazing. It really is. Schiff is among the very worst. And I saw someone who's uh, a liberal legal analyst who had something over the weekend about how, well, you know, uh, Schiff has always been very restrained in the past. So, <laughs> yeah, he's been... He's been right on the money. Uh all right, we got we got to break break down this whole Biden whistleblower Ukraine mess. That's coming up in just a moment buck sexton
0: mission decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence
2: make no mistake America, ready you're a great american again
0: this is the buck sexton show former cia
2: analyst former member
0: of the nypd buck sexton
1: it is buck sexton
2: now the one who's got the problem is biden as you look at what biden did biden did what they would like to have me do except for one problem i didn't do it What Biden did is a disgrace. What his son did is a disgrace. The son took money from Ukraine. The son took money from China. A lot of money from China. Look at the corruption on the Democrat side. Take a look at how the whole witch hunt started. Now they want to try and start another witch hunt. But unfortunately, this one is reverting now to Joe Biden because he's done some very bad things. And I'm not even looking to hurt him. To be honest he needs all the help he can get i'm not looking to hurt him i'm not looking to hurt his family but the corruption and what he said is a terrible thing
1: so what really happened in ukraine we don't know yet i think we should find out i think the democrats who have been obsessed with investigating every aspect of president trump his family his advisors his campaign for three years who will take any excuse to punish people through the investigative process, to weaponize the intelligence community, federal law enforcement, to use foreigners, that's right, foreign sources for a dossier, which they then ran through the intelligence community to get a FISA application on a Trump campaign associate. I mean, this is the stuff the Democrats do. And now they're going to act like, oh, no, you can't look into... What Joe Biden's son was doing in, uh, in Ukraine, why? They bring challenges about the emoluments clause with Trump all the time. They act like diplomats buying some French fries and a martini at Trump Hotel in D.C. mean they basically own Trump's foreign policy. I'm sorry. We're not going to let them continue to get away with all the hypocrisy. We're not going to just sit around and pretend like they're reasonable and rational And fair on this stuff, because we know they're not. And there's a few other things that I wanted to point out here. I mean, the most amusing part of the Democrats circling the wagons to shut down any further look into the Bidens and Ukraine is that they all have to pretend that the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma, really chose Hunter Biden for its board... Because of his, what, legal, uh, legal expertise, his deal-making ability in Ukraine? This is a guy that got fired from being a public affairs officer in the Navy for cocaine. Like, a couple of years before this, kept getting put on this board. That's who you want on your board? There are about uh, almost 200 or so countries in the world, right? Depends, I mean, but there's about 200 countries in the world. Does anyone think that it's a little bit just a little bit of a coincidence here, folks? I'm just asking. I'm just putting it out there. That the vice president who is tasked with overseeing foreign policy in Ukraine at a particularly sensitive time for the U.S.-Ukraine relationship, a lot of pressure pressure from Russia. Anyone even think it's coincidental that Hunter Biden gets put on the board of one of the most important, influential, and wealthy companies in Ukraine uh, when his daddy is running foreign policy there? Does that just seem like a little bit of a coincidence to you? Just, just put aside whether there was any actual illegality, which could be the case. There could have been a quid pro quo. We don't know. That's why we want to investigate. Does anyone want to take the other side of this debate? That Oh, yeah, Hunter Biden. That's who you want on your board of trustees when you're doing... Uh picking people for natural gas, a natural gas company in Ukraine. Hunter Biden doesn't speak Ukrainian, doesn't speak Russian, doesn't know anything about natural gas per se. I mean, what's he doing on that board? Fifty thousand dollars a month he's getting paid. How many of you have seen a fifty thousand dollar paycheck from a company where you didn't really have to do anything or show up? I'm just wondering. I'm guessing very few. That's quite a sweet gig. It's all a coincidence. Yeah, really? That that's how, that's how Democrats are going to play this now. That's how the big brains over at CNN and MSNBC are going to act. Like this is this isn't clear, clear effort to curry favor with a company that, by the way, was was under investigation and was rife with corruption. So yeah, you probably do want to have connections to the vice president of the United States if you're a Ukrainian company that's already being targeted for all of its corruption. You probably do want powerful allies in the U.S. government who are going to be able to determine whether you get hundreds of millions of dollars, perhaps billions of dollars of loan guarantees over time. Bailouts, essentially. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good investment, $50,000 a month in order to acquire all that. Does anyone want to tell me, with a straight face, I really mean this, does any lib out there want to say that Hunter Biden was on the board of this company in Ukraine For any reason, other than the fact that his father was a vice president running Ukraine policy at the time for the Obama administration. Does anyone really want to take that position? That'd be kind of funny, right? It'd Be funny to watch someone try. Then again, I did debate Democrats at CNN who would claim. That the Clinton Foundation was really just a charity. (laughs) That was awesome. Well, it's just a charity. They just care about women's empowerment and. And entrepreneurship, and you know, the Clinton Foundation always chose, it was either a pass-through that would give some of its donations to other charities that actually do stuff, but then you have to ask, why the middleman situation? Why not just give it to that charity? Or it was a charity for the most vague, you know, broad spectrum, who knows if you're ever going to make a dent in this thing's imaginable. You can't really count. You know, are you empowering women in, you know, in sub-Saharan Africa, Clinton Foundation? Yeah, you know, sure we are. Let's have a conference so let's spend a lot of money on private jet travel to that conference but you know libs pretended that the clinton foundation was a charity and oh my gosh they some of them even got some of the real clintonites used to get huffy with me i was right by the way of course which we were able to prove because clinton foundation donations dropped like a rock in water as soon as it was clear hillary wasn't going to be president oh gee they want to tell me that's a coincidence too i want, how many Here'd be a fun question. How many uh, international companies or, or I should say foreign companies have picked Hunter Biden to be on their board uh, since you, you know, maybe now they would do it. But but, you know, after Trump won, was, was he a was he a hot commodity before people knew he's going to be the v, the um, Democrat frontrunner? Ever looking for Hunter Biden on their board? Huh? Guy's a lawyer. Think maybe do more law related. I don't think he knows the Ukrainian legal system super well. So, again, this is just the same way we work our way through the climate change stuff. You just look at this as a reasonable person, you work through it, you understand you're being lied to. And they're lying to you about Hunter Biden. They're lying to you about the Biden situation because, oh my gosh, he's the front runner. He's the great hope of the Democrat Party to defeat Trump. What would happen if? He all of a sudden was, was enmeshed in a real scandal. Oh, good heavens, they would never, never accept or allow that. Um, oh, by the way, uh, he also mentioned China, which I think should get more interest as well. Biden was very influential in Obama administration, China policy. We'll dig in more perhaps tomorrow into Hunter Biden's ties to China. But you would think if your dad is the vice president, you'd be a little bit more careful about some of this stuff. But Democrats know that they can always count on the media to cover for them. Here is what, here's Mayor Pete, for example, trying to turn this around and say that the problem is really Trump.
0: Let's consider what is being alleged here. It is that the American president engaged a foreign leader with the goal of interfering in the next American election, when the most scandalous thing around this presidency is the interference that went into the last presidential election. That's what we're talking about. It's beyond laughing or crying. It is a betrayal of the United States of America. A betrayal, huh? Why is
1: the president not able to conduct foreign policy in the way that he sees fit? When it comes to when it comes to assisting an ally to root out corruption, if that's the case, I need to understand what, why were Russian sources allowed for the dossier that was supposed to destroy the Trump campaign? How was a well a bunch of proven Democrat deep state actors now inside the federal government running an investigation against Trump, James Comey violating? fbi protocols in order to get that investigation started how is that not interference how is that now dirty dirty play we all know it is we all know it is and all they've been doing is trying to find a way to destroy trump with an investigation they break laws they bend laws they change laws trump didn't break the law here they may not like what he did but we don't know what he did which i also should note They're just assuming all this stuff. We're just we're talking about this because it's been reported on as though we know everything. We don't. But even even if everything they say is true, here's the problem they have to face. So what? If the Bidens broke the law in Ukraine, they should be held accountable. If they didn't, he's calling for an investigation. He's allowed to do it. He did it. And I stand behind him on it. We'll be right back. For all your background investigation and vetting needs, I want you to call my friends at Global Verification Network. Global Verification Network is the only dual-certified, veteran-owned background investigation and vetting company. has headquarters in Chicago, but with offices throughout the nation, their risk mitigation experts can handle your cases for background checks, whether you're a small startup or a Fortune 100 company. Especially If you're in the HR department or if you're doing your own hiring, you want to make sure that you have the best people possible doing your background checks. And that's my friends at Global Verification Network. No data or client information is ever offshored and all employees are located throughout the United States. Give them a call at 877-695-1179. Again, that's 877 877- 695 or go to mygvn.com. That's mygvn.com.
2: What did you tell the Ukrainian president about Joe Biden and, and his son during your phone call? Well, you're going to see because uh, what we are doing is we want honesty. And if we deal with a country, we want honesty. And I think with the new president, you're going to see much more honesty in the Ukraine. And that's what we're looking for. We're supporting a country. We want to make sure that country is honest. It's very important to talk about corruption. If you don't talk about corruption, why would you give money to a country that you think is, is corrupt? One of the reasons the new president got elected is he was going to stop corruption. So it's very important that on occasion you speak to somebody about corruption. Very. Important.
1: So we'll see. There's the possibility... And there's now this, uh, this movement afoot where President Trump is suggesting he might, although I, I think it's, you know, in some ways I, I like it because it would be good to air out exactly what's happened here, but there's also the other, the other part of this where it sets a, a precedent where Democrats just get their way, and it also sets a precedent where going forward, I suppose, you know, any conversation with the president could become fair game for, you know, a president and a foreign leader could end up on the front page of newspapers. That's going to affect what they can really say. Now, you might tell me, okay, Buck, but they already know that they're not the only persons on the call, that other people can hear. Yeah, that's all true, but, you know, it's one thing for the for things to be kept within governments and to be kept classified, you know, kept secret. It's another thing if it's just straight up going to be public record. I, I do think that that shifts the the conversation. You know, they are are officials that have conversations in D.C. all the time, on, on, even on open lines. And how often do you see the transcript of a conversation between a high-level D.C. official and a foreign counterpart just printed? You don't. It doesn't happen. These things generally are kept secret and for good reason. But this goes to the, the norm-breaking. You know, a lot of what Democrats do in the era of Trump is accuse Trump and people that support him of doing exactly what they're doing. I mean, this this reminds me, you know, there was a we used to back in the old days on the Buck Saxon show on Saturdays, we would talk about how one of Obama's uh, favorite rhetorical games that he would play or one of the things that he would do would be to claim exact claim the exact opposite of what you knew to be true about a given fact. You know, you know, the Republicans think this But really, what's true is this. You'd say, that's just completely wrong. That's the exact opposite of what Republicans think on that issue. That's the exact opposite of what they say. But Obama, he he would create straw men effectively and then destroy straw men. That old Churchill phrase that uh, he was a pyromaniac in a field of straw men very much applied. Okay, so you had that Uh, with Democrats today. They often talk about destroying institutions, norm busting, all these bad things that would happen. And, and I would just say to this, they are willing to throw any norms out the window and they're willing to put any institutions under pressure as long as it hurts Trump. And here you have yet another example of that where if they get their way here or the media runs a news story and then creates a frenzy, oh my gosh, around the news story, And then the moment that all of a sudden people say, hold on a second, I guess we could we could just put this all to bed. We could figure this out right now by determining whether or not this thing happened with the transcript by putting the transcript out there. Once that has occurred. Then you can do this anytime you want for any public figures conversation that has been recorded and we know a lot of them are. A lot of them are on our side and a lot of them are on a foreign government side and perhaps even on a third by a third party government. Who knows? So is that going to be the? And, and by the way, what about transcripts of what presidents had said in the past when they never thought this stuff was going to come out? Do we get to have uh, transcripts of Obama's conversations with Medvedev back in the way? Remember, you know, uh, we'll, we'll transmit these to Vladimir. Remember that, you know, when Obama said that he would have more flexibility after his election Essentially, you know, let me win. Let me say one thing to the American people, and then I'll do something else when I'm president. I'm going to seem fine with that. And you also have just the flimsiness of these allegations as well. Uh, Senator John Cornyn points out that this so-called whistleblower is someone who didn't even hear the conversation or see the transcript. This whistleblower is putting a lot, a lot of faith in what someone told him seems to me to be a very, uh, very troubling precedent. So here's what uh, Senator Cornyn had to say. I am a little troubled that apparently some of the initial reports came from somebody who didn't have firsthand knowledge and then it sort of took off like a wildfire, a lot of speculation. I'd prefer to wait until we get the access to the real information to make a judgment But I'm on the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, and I'm sure as part of our oversight responsibilities, we'll get access to the information and find out what the facts are. Going to find out what the facts are. Well, that's good news. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if the media could find out what the facts were first before they ran with stories that are meant to have enormous political impact? But we're not allowed to expect that, right? Oh, you hear whistleblower and, oh, impeachment, impeachment. They jump right there, just like they did with Kavanaugh. Remember that? They were talking a week ago about impeaching Kavanaugh. And that just just a a stunning collapse, a stunning collapse of the left, of the New York Times, of this whole resurrection of the Kavanaugh smear. But this is now their new, you know, no one is no no one's job is ever allowed to be safe. No one's reputation can ever be safe. They will find it. They'll throw anything they can out there in order to throw anybody out. They tried against Trump. I mean, I love that there's this, uh, you know, on MSNBC, There's a title, there's the, oh, it's from the Washington Post, rather. Trump's Ukraine call reveals a president convinced of his own invincibility. I think we've actually reached a point where they give Trump on this issue too much credit. It is not that Trump is invincible. It's that they are insane. It's that they are utterly detached from reality. They are unhinged. And they keep promising their audience, they keep telling people that there will be this moment that destroys Trump. Oh, here it is. It's the Emoluments Clause, the 25th Amendment, Russia collusion, uh, Stormy Daniels payoff. You go through all these things and they all collapse because they're not, there's no there there. And now they're saying, well, Trump must be invincible. No, maybe you just stop. You should stop lying about how finally now Trump has crossed the line. He's gone too far. But they never learn. Because to learn would require some degree of humility that, one, they've been wrong so many times in the past, and two, maybe they really do need some emotional support and help on the left. I, I think we're there.
3: Secretary Mattis, I just want to turn to something else that's in the news, and it's the, the whistleblower investigation.
0: Uh, president Trump just said, I hope they can put out that conversation. Should a president be asking foreign leaders to investigate political opponents?
2: Yeah. Martha, this is not something I have any background on. I don't Know anything more than what I've read in the news, and apparently uh, no one has seen the complaint. So I I really prefer to talk about things I I I know more about. That was General
1: Mattis, whom uh, liberals were celebrating what a couple weeks ago because he left the Trump administration because he disagreed with uh, Trump's Syria position. Uh, I think also on Afghanistan, and there are a few areas of of disagreement. But that was General Mattis who we have been told recently by liberals is the most incredible, most revered general of his generation. And by the way, I've, I've had some of you write in or, or send me uh, your take, those of you who served in the military, telling me that you think that, that Mattis' reputation is deserved and that he was a great soldier and, and a great patriot and that while you may or may not agree with his disagreements with Trump, you still think that all of that is very well-deserved. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, you know, he he isn't then more along the lines of General Petraeus, who was a very crafty fellow who built a a larger than life persona for himself, probably as a stepping stone to run for president. And uh, as we know, was really brought low by a degree of uh, ego and narcissism. I think that's fair. I think that's a generous way to describe what happened to Petraeus. Um, but Mattis did the honorable thing by resigning and not trashing the president i was a little i was a little bit perturbed because he kept saying well he won't trash the president but he was getting pretty close to letting everybody know that he would trash the president that said he had the libs turning on him like he was the worst person this weekend because he wouldn't play the game you see the game was pretty well established here we know what it is we have information remember information that is not even firsthand from a so-called whistleblower. A whistleblower heard a person who said that they heard, and whether they saw it themselves or not or heard it themselves or not is it remains to be established. So secondhand information raised a complaint about what President Trump did, and we're supposed to now spend an entire Not just news cycle, you know, a few days of of news cycles going through all the different iterations of whether or not that this is a terrible thing. Oh, my gosh. Why are why are we having news cycles on an event that no one even knows if it happened or if the basic if the foundation of the reporting is accurate? Why is that happening? Doesn't that strike everybody as a bit? problematic and this is the game now now they want as many big names as possible to say if trump did this thing it's terrible or forget even the if just telling a foreign leader to investigate a political rival is terrible how could you do this by the time it'll get figured out whether this is really what what happened or not you already have all these people on the record i mean this is just propaganda tactics that's all it is this is condemnation in advance of the facts. And then, if they have to walk back any component of this, they've already done the damage. And Mattis knows this. And by the way, Mattis wants to talk about other things. I saw there was an interview with uh, Steve Mnuchin and and Jake Tapper, where Jake Tapper was doing the usual thing. Mnuchin wants to talk about Iran, a country that, Last week, we were worried. Last week, there was a serious concern that we might have a military strike against Iran that could lead to a full-scale war. There are even more, I think, urgent concerns that the Saudis might have a military strike against Iran that could lead to a regional, a regional war, uh, a real conflagration, mass casualties, terrible stuff. And oh-so-serious journo tapper spent, I think, the first six or seven minutes of his boring Sunday show poking at Mnuchin to just get him to agree that having a, you know, that as a president, asking a foreign country to investigate a political rival is a bad thing. And Mnuchin wouldn't take the bait because he's like, this is, I'm not going to speculate. This is speculation. You don't know that this happened. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about this thing. That no one knows happened. That no one knows, even if there's something like this, what the real context of it was, because we're not going to give you a little propaganda victory. And I'd also want to know what would you know. He he did this whole thing about uh, when when Mnuchin and Tapper were going back and forth. And Mnuchin's smart, but he's not compelling on TV. I mean, he's got some limitations. But he you know Tapper does as well. What about you know Don Jr. and Ivanka? You know, doing business all over the world, trying to protect uh, pretend. That Hunter Biden getting $50,000 a month to sit on a board of a Ukrainian gas company when daddy is the number one guy for the Obama administration on Ukraine policy with billions of dollars of loan guarantees and other support at his disposal. And I mean, there are, this is the, and he's going to compare that to what? Some random Dutch diplomat walking into Trump Hotel and buying a cheeseburger. Oh my gosh, Trump is profiting from his role as a president. There are all these diplomats in D.C. buying cheeseburgers at the Trump Hotel. You know, intelligent people who are trying to be honest can figure this out. If someone's giving you $50,000 a month and is coming from one source and you wouldn't have any money if it weren't for them, there'd be none of this money coming in. That's leverage. If you have hotels all over the world People buying a sandwich among thousands and thousands of other people buying sandwiches gives zero leverage. Okay, just think about this. I'm going to help Tapper out because he's so smart, isn't he? He hasn't really thought this through. Imagine if you sit down with somebody who says, hey, you're on the board of this company. I'm paying you $50,000 a month. This is what Hunter Biden was getting, $50,000 a month. Well, imagine if, if you sat down with this person who's, arrange this for you and they say look we just want to make sure just tell your dad that we got to get this loan guarantee through and you're gonna you know and you're gonna sit on this board if this loan guarantee for the you know ukrainian gas sector or whatever it is doesn't go through i don't know if you're going to be on this board anymore i think that fifty thousand dollar check might stop next month that's leverage that's motive that's meaningful okay especially if that's your only source if that's your major source of income period you're going to go from 50000 a month to zero. Okay, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Saudi diplomat walking into the Trump Hotel in D.C., which they've said all oh, the violations of the Emoluments Clause. And I'm a Saudi diplomat. I come in and I say, excuse me, but I want you to back a Saudi strike on Iranian oil facilities, President Trump, or I'm not going to buy a cheeseburger at your hotel. Or, or spend a couple hundred, bu- hundred bucks on liquor. Which one of these sounds like a realistic way to exert leverage, and which one is a, a stupid theory that only people who are hysterics could actually believe? And yet they, e- even Tapper. Oh, what about Ivanka getting patents or or getting a, a copyright, trademark, whatever it is, trademarks around the world? Oh, what about that? Ivanka's making millions of dollars all over the place. Her husband's a billionaire. You really think that you're going to sit down with her? I mean, just realistically think about this. You're a, you know, you're like the republic of whatever, and you sit down with the president's daughter and say, look, you're going to have to tell the president to do this, or else we're just not going to let your company sell its shoes in our country next year. Um, They're selling shoes all over the world. doesn't matter. You don't have any leverage there. It's not worth it, right? I mean, unless you believe that buying a cheeseburger is leverage, you also don't believe that Don Jr., and Ivanka, as the first children, are getting pushed around by people to, to do their bidding by making their dad or telling their dad. But if you're a Hunter Biden and your dad is running Ukraine policy and you're getting $50,000 a month, which is a lot of money, and you're not getting a lot of money for anybody else, that's different. See how we work through this? Oh, wow. It's almost like if you think about it, the lib position on this is garbage and makes no sense. What a shock. That's why I'm here. I'm I'm here to help the libs. Help them with their critical thinking skills. Oh, but I mentioned Minuchin before. Here's
4: what here's what he had to say about Biden. I'm not going to speculate on that. What I do find is inappropriate is the fact that Vice President Biden at the time, son, did very significant business dealings in Ukraine. I, for one, find that to be concerning. And to me, that's the issue, perhaps, that should be further investigated.
1: Why shouldn't that be investigated? I, I keep I, I have all these. I had some journalists come at me over the weekend. I don't know. I've been a little I've been lighting it up on Twitter recently, which is always fun because you get all the blue checks lefty blue checks coming after you're like meow, 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 like the little L- Lilliputians coming after Gulliver in this case Gulliver has a an amazing swoop of hair but you know they they basically come at me and they, they try to tell me oh but the this was already all settled it's all done this was already investigated oh I'm sure sh- I'm sorry the people who let, let's just take a step back for a minute the people who after the special counsel investigation back up the Democrat Congress in saying that it needs to have all the witnesses back and do a whole new investigation for its impeachment. Those people now want to pull the, oh, well, the Ukrainian prosecutor who was point man for this was fired and Biden bragged about firing him, but let's just pretend like this whole investigation was done and there was no, no need to revisit any of it. That's really, that's really where this is supposed to be? These people, I mean, they're... I keep wanting to say that they're, they're intellectually unserious, but unfortunately, they have power, they have influence, and they're crazy. And they really believe that Trump is basically Hitler, and they'll make any excuse for Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren or anybody else. So they're, they're troubling. This isn't just something that I can slap down and pretend isn't a concern. It's a concern for any normal, rational person. We will get into more of this, though, in a moment. Stay with me.
4: Joe Biden said everybody's looked at this and found nothing. Who is everybody? Nobody's looked at the Ukraine and the Bidens. Nobody's looked at the role the Ukraine played in the 2016 election. Do you think the media in America would really look at it and report on it if there was something bad for the Bidens or or they unduly interfered in the 2016 election? So here's what I'm calling calling for. I'm calling for somebody in the Justice Department to look at all things Ukraine. We've looked at all things Russia and Trump, his family, everything about his family, every transaction between the Trump campaign and Russia. Now it's time to see whether or not the Ukrainians released information regarding Manafort, who is Trump's campaign manager. What relationships, if any, did the the Biden world have to the Ukraine? What role, if any, did the Ukraine play in the 2016 election? So nobody's looked at this, but somebody should. So I'm hoping the Department of Justice will look at the Biden-Ukraine connection like we looked at the Trump-Russia connection
1: Really hone in on the point that Senator Graham is making here about hypocrisy. The Democrat Party and the left have gone to the ends of the earth. I mean, they have done everything they can to investigate, investigate, and investigate some more. The Trump administration, Trump campaign, the president himself, even his family members around Russia. So am I to believe that now a partisan congressional majority can decide that the apparatus of the government can be used for an investigation that certainly has political implications, but the president is not allowed to do that? The Congress can call witness after witness, knowing that these people have already testified, knowing there's already been a special counsel. This is all political. But the president can't tell in his capacity as commander-in-chief, who runs foreign relations in this country, can't say, hey, did this bad thing happen involving... uh By the way, I know, we don't even know what was said. But we have some idea of what might have been said. And it doesn't bother me in the least. The Ukrainians, by the way, the Ukrainians could say, sure, we'll look into it. They could come back to him and say, look, there's nothing there. And then he'd say, all right, fine. I'm glad we've established that. Why is, why is it that Trump can be investigated endlessly? His associates can be investigated endlessly for obvious partisan purposes. You have the state of New York changing laws to try to get his tax returns, okay? You have the state of California changing what it requires to be on the ballot and in violation of what the constitutional requirements are for running for president. You know, the, the states can't say, oh, sorry, only, only X or Y people are able to run for president. They don't have that right. They don't get to make that determination. That's already laid out in the Constitution. So they're changing laws. They're throwing everything they have at Trump. You know what really enrages them so much? One is that there's the, that they're going to have to now play defense on the Biden thing because unless you're, unless you're a real moron, you understand that Joe Biden's son was being paid off to at least curry favor with Joe Biden, if not outright engage in quid pro quo bribery for policy from the vice president. At least, though, curring favor of the I mean, unless you're just somebody who's blind to reality, unless you're somebody who still thinks that the Clinton Global Initiative was really all about charity and women's empowerment in the, you know, the developing world and not about writing big checks to the Clintons as foreign donors so that you would have access to the Clintons and be on their good side when Hillary was president. I mean, there, there are libs, I'm sure, who are still so stupid that they believe that, but the facts are much more clearly on my side. You know, reason and rationality are on my side of this equation, not theirs. Uh, but, you know, Lindsey Graham is just saying, why can't we look into this? Why can't there be a more serious investigation? And the answer is that they believe— that investigating political enemies is something only for the left. Only the Democrats get to do this. Only the Democrats get to use process as a tool of harassment and as a, as a weaponized apparatus against their political enemies. The moment they see this, and this is why they hate Trump so much, he fights back. He fights fire with fire. He doesn't sit around and say, oh, only your side gets to play dirty, I'll sit here and just take it. You know, I I don't have any problem. I I have no issue. It's going to be fine. We'll just do whatever whatever you guys want. That's how we'll go. No, Trump says he's going to fight back. Uh, You know, I I, I hope that we'll get to the bottom of what really happened in Ukraine, because I do do believe that there was dirty stuff going on. We never got to the bottom of the Clinton Foundation stuff. And I I have heard from people who have very high-level sources that the FBI under Comey, was told to basically back away from the Clinton Foundation investigation. So, you know, th- this has all been politicized by the left. We know it. And now they just don't want to have to live in a world where Trump can fight fire with fire. Joe Biden wants, wants you to know that, yeah, you should be, go- you should be housed uh, with whomever, or you should be treated on, based on your gender identity that you feel, not that you are, in prison
2: one by the way, in prison, in prison, the determination should be that your sexual identity is defined by what you say it is, not what, in fact, the prison says it is. And in that case, you should be entitled also to OGBYN. Anyway.
1: OGBYN, OBGYN, I think he means obstetrics and gynecological care. But uh, Joe Biden, we might have to have a a little talk here because unless somebody has had a sex change operation and even after that, they're they're still, if they're biologically male, that's not, they're not going to need obstetrics care. Okay, whatever. See, we're going too far down the rabbit hole now. But I I just want to say that Biden is taking this position because he's trying to appear woke. Biden is taking this position because... He really believes that the way to get continued support from the left is to say things that a normal person just knows are crazy. But so it's not even what a doctor says. Whatever you claim your gender identity is in prison, that's what you should be treated as at a minimum. Let's say, okay, Buck, they're not going to transfer biological males into because anyone think that that's going to be dangerous for some of those females, by the way. Think of some of the guys who could be locked forever into a prison cell block. With female prisoners and the guys that would that would appeal to for a whole bunch of reasons. But Biden is saying this anyway because he wants to appear woke. And he's also saying that whatever your whatever you claim your gender identity is, that's what it is. And whatever the prison thinks it is, because they believe in biology in, in prisons, apparently, uh, that doesn't matter. I mean, this is just a really stupid thing. It's not quite as stupid, although he's getting close, as Julian Castro is saying we should have taxpayer-supported abortion for transgender illegal aliens. I mean, that's, if I had tweeted out that as a joke, as a mockery of left-wing positions, they would have said that that's too far. Oh, Buck, you're being absurd. That's not the way, you know, that's not the way that this goes. All this other stuff. Turns out, oh, no, that's, that's not absurd. They do believe in that stuff. So that's one of the dumbest things that was said in the last, well, let's say the last few days, not even the last week. Dumbest thing said over the weekend. And then you have, um, who was it? Uh, oh, Representative Jackson Lee speaking about an AR-15. H- here, here we go.
4: Uh, my bill that I've introduced dealing with the with caliber weapon, I've held an AR-15 in my hand. I wish I had it. It is as heavy as 10 boxes that you might be moving. Uh, and the bullet that is utilized, a 50 caliber, these kinds of bullets uh, need to be licensed and do not need to be on the street.
1: Okay. Um, heavy as, t- now, now let's just say everything she said is wrong but you're not supposed to care that everything she said is wrong because guns. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter that everything that she claims there is factually inaccurate, that she doesn't know what she's talking about because guns. And if you, don't, if you point out that she's making errors of fact, you don't care about dead children. This is what the left will say. But let's just break this down for a second, shall we? She's a, a member of Congress who is telling you That she plans to, she is writing laws, writing legislation that has the force of law behind it, specifically about AR-15s. She's not writing tax legislation and just made a comment about AR-15s. She wants to legislate AR-15s. She's a member of Congress, and she thinks that it is as heavy as 10 boxes that you would move. Now, I just moved, as you know, and carried a lot of boxes. And I can tell you that an AR-15, and, and, and even if she had 10 boxes that were full of, you know, toilet paper or, or paper towel or something. I mean, an AR-15 is not as heavy as 10 moving boxes. Uh, AR-15 is not actually a heavy weapon at all. You know, if, if anyone is curious, what does an AR-15 weigh? Oh, let's just do this in real time. I was going to say okay, I was going to say 5 pounds to be fair. It's a little over 6 pounds. So I don't know what she's putting in these 10 moving boxes, but I can tell you that 10 moving boxes weighs a whole heck of a lot more than 5 pounds, unless they're entirely empty and even then you'd probably get pretty close. It's just a bizarre thing to say. Oh, the bullet 50 caliber, that's totally wrong. The bullet is a 556. Five, it is much smaller than a 50 caliber round. Why does she not know the size? the caliber uh, of ammunition that she seeks to ban or, as she says, license, and then the licensing of bullets is absurd because there are countless hundreds of millions of rounds already in circulation, and to license bullets means what exactly? You're just going to stop people. You'll create an enormous black market for bullets already out there. How will you license them? Who will be able to buy them? It's all nonsense. Okay. Everything she said was wrong. It was a shockingly stupid soundbite from representative Jackson Lee who wins between the two oh producer mark which soundbite did you find more more lacking in uh in accuracy i mean they both are just mind numbing there we go i mean we could do we could call it a tie for today our first session biden and jackson lee wait 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 i got to i got to add one in how did this sneak by me i i think i'm sorry this this probably is the now that was on a factual basis. The uh, Shirley Jackson Lee comment about the AR-15 firing 50 caliber bullets, which I mean that sounds like a pretty cool AR. A lot of you are like Buck, I'm going to have to modify my my AR so that it can fire a 50 caliber bullet. But on, on a on just a normal person basis. What Joe Biden said just seems utterly insane. Right. I mean, that's think about what that would mean now if someone can go to prison, determine their gender identity and then the prison has to has to treat them like that is their gender. Well, what would that do to the prison system? And it's just a bizarre thing for him to say. But then there's um, Tom Steyer, who I'm glad Tom Steyer exists because he's a reminder to everyone that just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean that you know anything. Some people get very lucky or they're very good at one thing. You know, they're very good at investing in one sector, or one area. They're in the right place at the right time. I think we have a belief that billionaires must be people who are just outrageously smart, right? They just must be the most brilliant among all of us, uh, when in reality, a lot of them got very, very lucky. I mean, you know, look, there were, there were people who became incredibly rich, for example, during the dot-com boom, By being at a company that they didn't even necessarily start, that they then sold all their shares in right before the company became utterly worthless. That's winning the lottery. That's not being someone who is particularly smart, someone who's particularly talented. That is right place, right time, luck. And that can happen in a lot of different capacities. Uh, Tom Steyer, apparently a very good investor, so he's got an eye for investing. Uh, Not very intelligent when it comes to politics, though. And he might be. He's a late entrant here. But he might be also in the mix for dumbest Democrat comment of the week. They were from that
2: Depression-era, World War II generation where people thought you give as much to America as you get from America. And when I started Need to Impeach... I was thinking about my father and the Nazis, because when you see
1: something wrong in America, you fight it. You don't ask what's politically tactical, what's good for you. You fight it every day before it gets too strong. And that's what I was doing. Oh, okay. Impeaching Trump is like fighting the Nazis, folks. I I, I gotta tell you, this is is now a, a common... Lunacy among Democrats. You'll hear people say this: "Oh, it's it's like uh, you know, fighting fascism today is just like storming the beaches of Normandy, and Trump is the fascist in chief." This isn't shouted down by the major media outlets. They don't they don't claim it. That that's reckless, irresponsible, stupid stuff to say, which it clearly is. I mean, does anyone doubt that comparing Trump to the not the not only is Trump not a Nazi, and not only is the Republican Party not fascist. America is doing better now than it did under Obama's eight years as president. It just is. The country's doing better. We're not. We're not uh, fighting wars we don't have to fight. We're not taking large numbers of casualties in countries where you know the, the commander in chief is making politicized decisions, just based on what will get him reelected. The economy is. You know the, the the unemployment rate is the lowest it's been since we put a man on the moon, and. You know, the stock market's still staying very strong. All these things are going very well. And they act like we're in the grips of fascism and the Nazis have taken over. Why should we take these people seriously? Why should we listen to them? And this, this is another, another recurring theme. They don't understand that we remember. The left does not seem to grasp that we have memories and we know that they keep saying this even though it's foolish. It is intellectually flimsy. It's ridiculous. And for Tom Steyer to make that comparison, this goes to show you, this guy's delusional. He may be a billionaire, but he is out of his mind. Oh yes, it is time to get into our new segment, The Black Rifle Coffee Wake Up Call. Oh, that's right. Does Buck have to drink some coffee to get him through the show? He does indeed. And what gives me the kick, the boost of energy that I need to make sure that we are spreading freedom here in the Freedom Hut. Oh, that's right, Black Rifle Coffee's delicious blends. Silencer smooth, full black, caffeinated as blank. They have simply the best stuff out there and they will deliver it to your door. So join the Black Rifle Coffee Coffee Club. I've been a member for years and I absolutely love it. This is the coffee you should be drinking. Get your wake-up call with Black Rifle Coffee. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash buck and get 20% off your first purchase. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash B-U-C-K for 20% off your first purchase. One more time, BlackRifleCoffee.com slash buck. That will get you 20% off your first purchase. You know, team, I, I want to bring up something that is a little bit, out of our our usual range of conversation here or I should say it's it's not news cycle based and it, it is just a reminder of something that I think that has been has been lost in recent years to uh, to all of us and something that I think is much more is a much greater loss than we we realize because we've just moved past it and that is the ability to disagree with people but still like them um, the ability to disagree with people and still uh Respect them and and even have a have a deep fondness for them and think that they're very, very wrong. I feel this way about many, many liberals. I like them a lot. I think they're good people. I think that they're wrong on certain things, but I still it my my personal affection for them matters a whole lot more than the disagreement on what we believe. Uh, We have moved away from that. I I was I was uh, happy to hear that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for example, when pressed. On how she could have been friends, she was noted to be friends, and and you know would would even go to the opera or go hang out with uh, you know Antonin Scalia later on in life before he passed away. When she was asked about this, she she didn't back down at all, and I, I thought what she said was, and here's a perfect example. I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg is probably the worst Supreme Court justice to have sat on the court, and well certainly in my lifetime. I think that her ideas are very dangerous, very wrong, very bad, very unconstitutional. Uh, She's a left wing activist posing as a judge. Okay, fine. But she is willing to be a decent human being, at least to those that she knows and to people that she interacts with. And that that does count for something. Here's what she said about her friendship with the late Justice Antonin Scalia.
4: Many people in Washington and around the country are surprised that the civility that exists between justices, even though they write not such favorable things about each other. So for example, Justice Scalia used to say not such wonderful things about your views, and you then still went to the opera with him.
1: Was that a little awkward or hard to do?
3: And Not at all. Justice Scalia and I became friends when we were buddies on the D.C. Circuit. What did I love most about him? His infectious sense of humor. When we were three judges on the Court of Appeals, he'd sometimes whisper something to me. It would crack me up. I had all I could do to contain hysterical laughter. But we had much in common. True, our styles were very different, but both of us cared a lot about writing opinions so that at least other lawyers and judges would understand uh, what, we were, what we were saying. The woke
1: left has abandoned what uh, their hero, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is, is saying here. Which is that she was very fond of Scalia, that she enjoyed his company, thought he was funny and is able to even find in their professional lives common ground. Not on what they believe, but at least on how they try to convey it and the way that they would act toward each other as justices. I think that there is real meaning in this. And I am sad and I can tell you that, uh, for example, just to give you a sense of where things have gone. Um, I I never agreed with people at CNN, but I had friends at CNN Um, with one or two exceptions. Now, nobody at CNN would want to be seen with me in a public venue. I think that's fair to say, because I'm too vocal about what I think has gone wrong there. Um, But that's a shame. That's a shame that people feel that way. Um, It's a shame that they are so uh, either, well, brainwashed to think that Conservatism is really a form of, of evil, which I think a lot of them have, or just that they're such a bunch of careerists that they can't put their personal lives first. I always tell you this I will not, I do not trash my friends on this show, you know, p- who are in public life, obviously. I uh, will not trash friends of mine in the media because my friendships matter more to me than doing a segment where I trash somebody. Bottom line. Um, Dave Chappelle, a bit different than RBG, but Dave Chappelle also had a quote that I saw over the weekend. Our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe, say, or do. Both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. Now, I think he's taking aim a little bit at both sides there to say that, you know, know, conservatives that don't approve of someone's lifestyle well, well, you know, think that they must hate this person. I, I actually don't believe that. I mean, that's certainly not a, a Christian conservative could take the perspective that if you disapprove of someone's lifestyle, you should hate them. Uh, that would be a repudiation of Christianity. Uh, but then also the second point he makes is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe, say or do. I mean, you, you, you don't have to see eye to eye with someone on everything. And even to be friendly with them, even to be decent to them, you don't have to agree with them on everything or even most things. I think people have been surprised that I'd say about, uh, you know, half of the uh, women I've dated as an adult in my life uh, were liberals. Now, the wisdom of that is perhaps a conversation for another time. But I'm perfectly willing to spend time around those who are uh, of a different mindset than me. And I think we've reached an era where this has really changed. You know, we talk about how things are never going to go back to normal and how the era of Trump has broken so many people. Well, I, I do believe that we are in a, a period now when the polarization is so powerful that you've seen a lot of. And there used to be a lot of news stories written about this. And you see it on TV, too, that, you know, marriages would break up because of Trump or you know, people would lose. We would lose friends because of Trump. Um, that's sad. I wish I could say that it wasn't a problem, but some people become so deranged and and internalize this stuff so much that they do become aggressive and insufferable and uh, really impossible to be around because they don't agree with you. Uh, so that is possible as well. But if R B G can be friends with Scalia, any lib should be able to be friends with any conservative. It's just a question of both people acting like mature adults.
0: The show ain't over yet, folks. Keeping it real. It's time for Roll Call.
1: A little bit of a cold. I'm going to try not to whine about it too much on radio, but producer Brandon and producer Mark can tell you that chances of me not whining about it are slim. I'm not coming within 50 feet of you. It's been going around all over. The, yeah, you're lucky we got this glass separation here. My, my brothers have been, have been sick. they were with a cold. I got a cold. Uh, Get all better
2: over. by Thursday when we're in the same room, please. Maybe it, wear a mask. I'll wear a mask.
1: Yeah, do one of those. Like, like, like I'm back in Beijing and, and the people walk around wearing masks. You'll be fine. Perfect. You look very stylish. Or you look like you're in a sci-fi thriller. Like, oh no. The super virus is out there. Like, if I wear this little mask, it'll save me. It doesn't really Perfect. work. Yeah, it doesn't really work that way, though. It doesn't. But. No, I know. But people are all about, they're all like, oh, I, if, I just wash my, if I just wash my hands enough, I'll never get a cold. Let me, let me rain on the parade a little bit, folks. Uh, when someone sneezes in a room, for example, there are aerosolized droplets with virus on it that stay airborne. And the, the way that you generally get a cold is actually through your eyes and or your nose. It is actually unusual or less usual for you to become infected with com- the common cold, among other viruses, by going through the, uh, the mouth, the, uh, the uh, pharyngeal. I don't know. Now I'm trying to sound like I know more than I do. But it, it basically comes in your eyes and your nose, the way that you, get, you get a cold. So You're messing with this germaphobe's head. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to prepare you for the real world out there, producer Mark. I just want you to understand what's really what's really going on. So, with that, I turn our attention to uh, to roll call here, where we have. Uh, let us see, um, Charles. Well, this is coming into our team buck at iheartmedia.com email address. That's all you need. Team buck at iheartmedia.com. Hey, Buck, the Libs say the world is going to end in uh, 10 to 12 years. What will happen in five years? What will happen in, say, two years? What incremental catastrophes will lead to the end of the world? I assume it won't be like a timer went off and we all just drop dead in unison. I assume the world won't just pop like an overfilled balloon. Somebody should ask them continuously, even while they shout climate denier. Charles from Florida. Well, Charles, I know you're being a little tongue in cheek here, but you make a very valid point, which is as follows: If what the climate change crowd said was true, they should also, you would think, be able to tell us what the um, uh, what next year or five years from now five years from now the temperature change globally would be, and they should be able to tell us with greater specificity. In fact, if you were to go and read, uh, if you were to go and read the climate change estimates of the past, you would see that they tend to be very, very wrong. Um, But if you read the IPCC report, they don't even give you a definitive, uh, a definitive number. They just say there's a range. And within that range, there may be. Um, some degree of there, there's some degree, obviously, of variance and they're trying to keep it below. I think they want it below two degrees Celsius. One point five degrees Celsius is the target uh, if they do all these things. But they don't even know. Well, you know how the weather like they can tell you what the weather's going to be tomorrow pretty accurately, not perfectly, but pretty accurately. They can't really tell you what the weather's going to be in 10 days. If they can't tell you what the climate uh, is going to change in a year or in three years, why would you believe them in 50? This is what I mean by it's not about being a scientist. It's just not being an idiot. It's just thinking through these things, spending time reasoning through them. That's, That's all you really have to do. That's all you really have to figure out. So let's see uh dan writes buck listen to friday's show about how you kid bash greta thunberg so i just had to watch for myself to see if it was erroneous on all counts it was and i gotta say those dams are pretty effective in putting out and protecting their messaging by using sacred cows that make it almost impossible for credible pundits like yourself to rationally argue that society is allowing emotionally charged teenagers to dictate how we should be living our lives On your next Greta Talk, just a suggestion, Buck, you might need to hire an eight-year-old mini AOC to channel some much-needed tough talk and harsh reality with just a sprinkle of love that Marianne Williamson raves about. Just a thought shields high. Uh, Well, Dan, um, I, I agree with you that they create sacred cows and they're not interested in real debate. They're not interested in real exchange or discussion. So I think we can pretty much uh, we can pretty much agree on that, my man. Buck Carl here, just saying you sound like the guy off the Princess Bride, you know that Mel Brooks played, or the witch that yells, "Boo, boo!" You know what? It's the influc- inflection of the tone that's hilarious. Well, as far as Joe Biden goes, he needs about four point five years of doses of Prevagen. Then darn Tootin will be too late for the presidency. It's too late now. Producer Mark, Huey Dewey, Louie, and Scrooge McDuck, LOL. Um, all right, producer Mark, you look into that. Did I just get called Scrooge? I, think I don't. I, I think so. I think you're Scrooge in this scenario, and I'm one of the. I'm one of the fun, whimsical, adventurous young ducks.
2: I don't know how I feel about this. Well,
1: I know it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a. Upside down, we're we're dealing with here. I'm going to move to uh, Facebook on the other side. Let's get into the Facebook roll call, but we're going to take a moment to catch our breath, to pause, to think deep thoughts. we come back, we'll get into it. Stay with me. All right, and now we're in the uh, more technologically advanced portion of the roll call, that's what I like to call it, which is the Facebook side of it. Some of you would call it the evil corporation taking over the world side of it, but I, I leave that distinction to you, my friends, Melissa writes the following Remember, facebookcom dot slash Buck Sexton. If you want to be a part of this action. Greetings, Mr. Sexton. I had remarked to my husband yesterday. The current climate change hysteria is extremely similar to the hysteria at the turn of the first millennia, 999 to 1000 A.D. People are on their knees. Well, by the way, I hate when people try to get me to say C.E. No. No, false. I'm sorry. If you want to come up with a whole new calendar, that's fine. But we have Anno Domini because it's in the year of our Lord. Or Anno Dominus, whatever. In the year of our Lord. It's based on the birth of Jesus, folks. We, we can sit around and talk about whether it should be or not, but it is. So uh, I, I've, I've had so many people, Buck, you're too sophisticated not to refer to it as CE. I'm like, no, I'm too sophisticated not to fall for your nonsense. Boom. Sorry, a little bit of a... Diversion, digression there. People are on their knees, wailing about the destruction of the earth or partying like there's no tomorrow or both. Lack of perspective and ignorance that is flaunted by these true believers is almost painful to watch. Shields high. Yes, I'm almost a week behind on the podcast, but I refuse to miss it. Uh, well, Melissa, yeah, people have gone insane. They've lost their minds. And as for being a week behind on the podcast, Um, I know probably some of you are thinking, Buck, you said today the podcast would go up at three and it was not there. We are hoping that that will happen by when producer Mark Thursday by Thursday, there will be a podcast out at 3 p.m. Eastern on this Thursday. And from there, there on out, it will be on Thursday. So there we have it. Um. Hold on a sec. What do we got here? Rich uh, sends me Newsweek um, uh, a Newsweek article. Uh, Oh, here we go. Fox panel, climate change says liberals have forgotten about God and are worshiping the earth. And Rich sent me this article with you are such an imbecile. (laughs) No, Rich, I think the people that are worshiping a 16-year-old who doesn't know anything are imbeciles. And the fact that that they all... they won't debate this. They don't want to have this discussion with me. I'm waiting. Where are all these big CNN anchors? All these so smart liberal journos. Do they want to try to defend this proposition? Look, if you think if you think the world's going to end in 10, 12 years, whatever, whatever your timeline is, you're just not very smart. I don't know what else to tell you. I would bet every dollar I have in the world that the world is going to be here in 12 years. And that we're not going to be in the midst of species die off and mass famine and all these things. If you believe that, you're just not very smart. And I think that's what makes people so upset. Is the thought that they've bought into this for already how many years. And they don't want, they don't want to wake up and realize, oh my gosh, I was swindled. I'm really not that smart. I'm really not, that, uh, not as sophisticated as I'd like to pretend. Not as worldly and science-based. But yes, thank you, Rich, for sending. I'm glad that Newsweek did a piece on me. Now I know why. I've been getting a lot of hate mail recently, a lot of hate tweets, actually, not really hate mail, Uh, a lot of hate tweets. And it's because some of these liberal sites are going after me because I'm uh, I'm somebody who will speak the truth about Greta Thunberg, which is that she's a young girl who's being exploited, who doesn't know anything. And she should not be listened to on policy. And what they're doing, what liberals are doing is gross. It's very straightforward. Anyone who wants to argue it, I I, I challenge, I open it, I op- uh, open invitation. Let's go. Nobody will, all of you is call me an idiot, but they won't debate on the subject of whether or not we should listen to a 16-year-old girl who, I, I mean, I, I also, if you want to talk about exploitation, my understanding is it has been reported in various news outlets that she has, I've seen it both said that she has, um, uh, asp- I think it's Asperger's. Is is what is claimed. So here you have somebody who has a young girl with with a a challenge, we could say, who is being exploited for political purposes by vicious idiots, including Mr. Rich. Thank you, Rich. Good times. Rob. All right. Uh, I can't remember the statistics you have quoted exactly, but I think you have said more people are killed by hammers than AR-15s. I was at Capital Bike Fest in Raleigh this weekend, and among those wearing colors, saw a lot of hunting knives and about five people carrying, and just as many, if not more, assault hammers in back pockets. And there were deliberate assault hammers with some logos of the club on the handle. I know you've heard, I know you've talked about it before, but just kind of put it in perspective for me. Yes, it's true. More people are killed with um, with bare fists and with blunt objects than with uh, rifles every year. So, yes, that's a real thing that is going on. Kristen! Right? I saw the new Rambo movie over the weekend, and it's more like Taken than Commando. Not a bad movie, but very predictable. Um, Yeah, Kristen, I, I do not plan on... Look, I don't go to movie theaters, really, except in a very, very rare, rare occasion. Uh, I would tell you that I... I did watch almost all of the Death of Stalin over the weekend, which is a very good movie. It's on Amazon Prime, or it's a Prime movie you can see for free right now, if you have Amazon Prime. And the Death of Stalin was quite. Producer Mark, have you seen it? No. I think you'd appreciate it. It's good. Yeah. It's very clever. A, it's well written. You know. I'll
2: have to get somebody else's Prime account, but you know, I'll take a look. I mean, you know, I'm sure like some like you know, somebody, I have in-laws. I have parents.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Mama or Papa, Producer Mark. No. Uh, they probably have Amazon. Most probably. likely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about what about Mrs. Producer Mark, soon to be Mrs. Well, she uses her parents. Well, there we go. So yeah, you but they watch. use my Netflix account, so it's all
4: passwords. You sale.
1: know, it works. You'll you'll make it happen. It's good though. I'm telling you, it's good. It got me to stop watching reruns of The Office. Um, let's see here. Adam writes, Buck, do you think Trump could reclassify climate change as a religion um Adam, I don't think there's a way to officially do that, but I think that he probably should do that or at least that wouldn't it wouldn't be an inaccurate thing to do. I think it would be the the truthful I think it would be the honest thing to do. I think that climate change is a religious belief i re- I really do, and that's why you have people who are confessing to plants like deranged morons who are doing funeral services for glaciers that haven't even fully melted yet this is not normal okay A- everyone can try to pretend like no no this is what the smart people say but they're wrong they're wrong uh what do we have here Vince Buck I love your Justin Trudeau impression it sounds like Pepe Le Pew but it works please do more of Justin Justin See, the problem here is that um I do not uh what do you say it? Uh, how do you say it? Um I uh yes. It does not sound like Monsieur Trudeau, but I like it anyway. What do you think? Maybe I should go out tonight and try to get phone number from the lady like this. I am I am Trudeau's second cousin. I am the one who is uh not a secret, uh, crazy racist like Trudeau. So you can have date with me, no? This sounds like a good way to get slapped. Well, that's only if you go like the full Frenchman and you whistle and maybe gra- like do you know a little pinch when someone walks by. They're very aggressive in some of these other countries.
2: Yes, but yeah, that's well, I mean, you, if not if really. If you do a ridiculous voice in New York City to a random girl, you're going to get slapped. I mean, if she had a sense of humor, she'd be like, "Oh, but uh, I only date
1: the." The Mountie and not the little wispy man with the side part like you, you know? Like she'd come back at me with something. You know?
2: I feel like you have to get to know somebody first before you spring the weird voice on them.
1: I mean, that's for sure. Monsieur Trudeau, come over tonight for the drink. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, hold on. Ryan writes Isn't it funny how I throw people like Freud at you and you throw up your arms in surrender? F you and your religion <laughs> Oh man All these people so triggered over climate change I mean guys, you're wrong just, you're, you're not that smart It's okay, you could still be a nice person Although if you write people messages like this You're not a nice person either It's okay, you're just learning It's like, it's like when you go to the gym and you think you can bench press 300 pounds You can bench press 100 like, Just work with that and get stronger you believe in climate change. You're not that smart. Learn more. Read more. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'll get better. You don't have to get mad about it, though. Matthew, you are a, uh, a blanking idiot. Matthew, ditto, my man. Read more. Learn more. Get smarter. Steve, what if Trump released the whistleblower report to draw attention to Biden, son, and corruption? Or what if Bernie Warren, et cetera, did the same to trash both Biden and Trump simultaneously? Interesting question. Uh, We shall see. Unfortunately, I don't have time for it, Steve, but I wanted to get it in. Back tomorrow. Shields high.